0: Welcome to episode three of the Evolved Marriage Podcast, How Your Mind Impacts the Marriage.
1: Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast.
0: Where we have fun with growth and connection.
1: Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to episode three.
0: Hey guys, welcome. Good to have you guys again for our third episode. Yahoo! Oh. Yeah, episode three, it's a big deal, I think. How you doing, Kate?
1: I am doing well. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling good. I went for a long bike ride with the kids today and we found all kinds of treasures while we were geocaching and that was a lot of fun. So I feel very connected to them and I feel like we had a really good day together outside.
0: Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. How are you feeling?
0: I'm also feeling good. I'm, I'm excited I feel energized. Um, I got these new like blue glasses, so I could look at screens.
1: I mean, they're really sexy. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I I didn't. You know, it's it's crazy to me that I can be like look super smart and super sexy all at once and just be (laughs) neither of those things. Oh, come on. It's like these glasses are doing both those things for me really well. (laughs) They're just just working for me. I just, you know, that's a great way. I feel sexy. I I would say that.
1: I think we should keep those on your bedside table.
0: Nice. I just will never take them off my face. For later. (laughs) All right. I love that. Okay. (laughs) This will be a very short episode today, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. Um, All right, guys. So uh, today we're going to uh, touch base... Uh, around our relationship philosophy specifically um, the mind branch of the self aspect right so for us when we think about the two aspects of a healthy marriage it's the self and the marriage and then each of those has three branches so today we're talking about how the mind and how we treat our mind impacts the way we show up in our marriages
1: Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk specifically about four things that the mind does um, because the mind is a very complicated tool and it does play tricks on us. Um, it causes fear and causes us to choose fear over love. Um, it also creates this like negative self-talk in our head. We get into this like self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. We sit in judgment of ourselves. We sit in judgment of others. We get into this, we shooting on ourselves all the time. Right. So, um, and, and it's really important to uh, learn to get in touch with your emotions and understand them. And that's another thing that can be tricky when it comes to the mind is understanding what is going on with my mind. What's going on with these emotions? And not
0: judging them, right?
1: And not judging them, being okay with the emotion you're feeling and understanding that emotions come and go. And they're not there forever. Mm-hmm. but We're definitely going to touch more on that. And definitely we're going to talk about the way we perceive situations and that the way we perceive it isn't always the whole story. And sometimes we can make things up in our head, dramatize things, or um, make things less important than they should be. So let's start with talking more specifically about fear versus love.
0: Right, yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about fear versus love, um, I think a lot of people understand that, you know, the wolf analogy, uh, that there's two wolves inside us. Uh, One is the fear wolf, one is the courage wolf. Um, And this is really this this beautiful parable. If you guys haven't heard it, you should certainly check it out. But it really talks about how we have these two wolves within us that are always fighting. And the wolf that will win in the long game is the one you feed, right? So if you feed the fear wolf, if you're constantly online, you know, looking at all these things that are creating fear, if you're critiquing everyone, if you're constantly looking at everyone in a fearful way, right, that you see everyone in a threatening manner, um, well, you're definitely going to be feeding that fear wolf. And the opposite is true where, you know, the courage wolf, which really has this foundation in love, which really is is the truth of, the, of our human beings is we want to be acting from a place of love. Um, well, if you feed the courage wolf with things like taking action, right, surrounding yourself with others who are healthy, uh, doing acts of service for others, et cetera, well, then you feed that wolf, and that's typically the wolf that survives and wins. So in our relationships, oftentimes we will avoid things that are scary, that are threatening, right? This is where people end up being conflict-avoidant uh, in relationships, and we have this idea that we don't want to rock the boat. And so because we see conflict or we see our spouse— sometimes in a very threatening way, not, you know, threatening like a tiger, but threatening as in I'm going to feel pain by being refused from them. I'm going to feel pain if I try to love them and they push me away. Um, This is going to be a reminder of that deep fear of myself that I'm not good enough or I don't have value, etc. So because when we have these fears, we often um, do not bid for affection. We do not go and have the courage to try to connect with our spouses and we're often thinking about these worst case scenarios that are kind of come up when we start bidding for love. So when we act from a place of fear, we often feel frozen. We feel like victims of our own lives, like life is living us. And instead, we really want to be acting from a place of courage where we can start leading in these ways, leading in our intimacy, leading in our affection, because the reality is as human beings, we all long to be loved. And mm-hmm. so it's up to us to have the courage, right? It takes courage to go first. So I think it's really important to understand that. And oftentimes the questions that uh, I ask myself is, you know, am I making these choices from a place of love or from a place of fear? And I think that can really clear things up for me.
1: Yeah. And I know for me, um, this has been a huge part of our, my growth in our relationship. I'm definitely conflict avoidant. I have major issues when it comes to conflict. Like I will go out of my way to avoid talking about things because I fear that it might create conflict. And, you know, sometimes I I have to be courageous and I've had to learn to face that fear. and fire. Yeah, yeah, and go and, and tell you, you know, hey, Eric, I have something to talk to you about. And what I've noticed is by taking those risks, a lot of times I'm kind of like, Eric, I have something to talk about. And then you're very open to it. We talk about it. It's done. It's over. And I'm like, Wow, imagine had I not spoken to him about it, all of this resentment would have built up, all of these things would have, you know, accumulated, and then we would have been in this worse place than we are now. And then there are some times where I do bring up some things, and it does cause arguments, it does cause disagreements. But At the same time, now I'm able to step back and see it as an opportunity to grow and learn. And instead of seeing conflict as this bad thing, I can see conflict now as this positive thing that allows me to get to know you better and get to know our relationship better and understand Mm -hmm. like, ooh, I need to be more careful when I touch on this subject or that subject. So... Putting myself in the fire by not being afraid, by choosing love and not fear, I've been able to learn that conflict. Isn't a bad thing, and that we can grow from it.
0: Yeah. And I think what it made me think of is all the ways that we self sabotage, which is what we're talking about next.
1: Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to talking about that because that's definitely something that can have a major impact on your marriage. Um, When you put roadblocks before you even try anything, which is kind of like I was talking about um, with with conflict for me i would put roadblocks i would tell myself like you're not good enough you can't do this you you're you're not going to be able to get through this if you bring this up we have this negative self talk we talk about ourselves in very negative ways and the words we say create our worlds. So if I'm talking about myself that way, if I'm talking about myself as I'm a bad wife, I can't do it, then I will be a bad wife and I won't be able to do it. So I really need to, we really need to get to a place and I've had to do work on that about talking to myself the way I would talk to a friend. What would I tell my friend in this situation? How would I tell her what I'm trying to tell myself right now?
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, people are stuck in this identity um, of what they can and can't do. Right. The amount of times that in our head, that little voice is telling us, oh, I always do this. I never do this or, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll never be able to have that type of marriage. I'll never be able to look that way. This is all your mind trying to avoid change because our mind fears change. So what you're doing, you're actually sabotaging yourself and there's a lot of different ways you can sabotage yourself, uh, which we talk about in another episode, but you're actually, all you're doing is preventing yourself from taking action because your mind wants to stay comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I always say is, you know, you are not your mind. Uh, Your mind is a part of you. It's a tool. But oftentimes what we have to do is we have to actually train our mind to follow our actions so we can stop self-sabotaging.
1: So let's move on to our third thing, which is emotions. And this was something that I struggled with a lot in the early stages of our, our relationship. This was something I never really took the time to learn for myself. So to identify emotions in my own body, to understand what was going on, you know, I would get this feeling, I would feel something in my body, but I couldn't pinpoint like, am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I am I sad? Am I mad? Am I whatever it was I was feeling, I couldn't pinpoint it. All I knew was I didn't feel good or I felt good. (laughs) So you
0: didn't have the emotional intelligence. Exactly.
1: So I had to really learn to get to know my emotions, name them, pinpoint them, really feel them in my body. This is what anger feels like for me. This is what fear feels like for me. This is what uh, anxiety feels like for me. This is what joy feels like for me. This is what, um, you know, when you're looking forward to something, how do you call that?
0: Yeah. Excitement. Excitement.
1: This is what excitement feels like in my body. I'm so excited. I don't even know words anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But so pinpointing those things out um, was the first start to my journey. And, you know, unfortunately, I did I did it with through our children with children's books. I was reading the same books as they were to learn emotional intelligence. And I was like, huh. They're Super like, I want to go to bed. And you're
0: like, no, mommy needs to read this. Yeah.
1: Mommy needs to read about emotions. <laughs> Need to understand them. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I think so much of, of some of the issues that people experience with this is they often judge their emotions, right? Yeah. I, and
1: that's exactly what was happening with me. It was either a bad emotion or a good emotion. I was right. feeling bad or I was feeling good. And when I started meditating and I started noticing those emotions, I could see them more as like things that were just coming and going and passing. And I'd have millions of emotions all day, every day. Some would stay for a long time. Some would stay for short periods of time. But understanding that like this isn't my permanent sense of self, like uh, this isn't how I'm going to stay forever. So if I'm feeling angry right now, I don't have to get stressed about like, well, how long am I going to be angry for?
0: Yeah. But, and even deeper because I'm angry I am not a bad person. Yeah. Right. Or the fact that I'm happy all the time doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else.
1: Exactly. Right. And I think,
0: I think that's what a lot of people get stuck into because you often chat with people like, Oh, you seem angry. I'm not angry. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they clear, you know, clearly based on the way I'm seeing you're angry. (laughs) Well, I guess maybe you're not, but really what it comes down to is, they think that people who are angry are out of their mind and they're crazy and they're maybe uneducated or stupid or whatever. So they judge the emotion.
1: Because they're judging other people's emotions, because we sit there judging other people. We're now bringing that judgment onto ourselves. So until you can start seeing other people as human and you can start seeing them as having their own human experience. And I wonder what's going on in their lives that they're feeling this way right now. And and I find that was a huge step in our relationship. When I could see you as an individual with your own emotions, when you would come home and you were sad or frustrated, or, you know, I would come home and I would see you not feeling well, whatever emotion was going on for you, I used to take it very personally. What did I do? Oh my gosh, how can I get them to feel a different way so I feel better? Like, I don't want to be like this all night. So I would try to fix, 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 fix you instead of letting you have your own human experience, instead of letting you live out that emotion in whatever way you needed it and then letting you get out of it and then being there for you when you were done. So um, I think that was a huge step in our relationship and something we're still practicing daily on understanding the other person has emotions and allowing them to live those emotions because if there's anywhere that the person should be able to feel however they want to feel it's in their own home with the person they love the most in the world
0: yeah absolutely and i think you know this is something we also practice with our kids um is we allow our kids to have tantrums as long as it's safe right as long Mm -hmm. as they're not hurting anybody they're not hurting themselves we allow them to have their own emotional experience. That it's totally okay for you to be frustrated. We will not try to stop you from being frustrated. It's normal that you feel into this emotion, right? And then after, when the the emotion passes, we talk about it and we try Mm -hmm. to understand how this emotion came up, what was the trigger. Um, But I think a lot of times what people try to do is they try to stuff down or prevent people from feeling a certain emotion because they personally would not be able to deal with it.
1: It It, makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel uncomfortable to see your spouse about walking loudly around the kitchen and banging things around because they're frustrated or mad. And then you take it very personally and then you feed off of their energy, which creates this whole cycle of negativity. And if you can just let them sit in their emotion and you keep going on with your day and, and just allow them to feel how they feel, then they'll probably get out of that cycle much faster than if you were there trying to fix it for them.
0: Yeah. And before we move on to the next to the, to the last uh, piece of this, um, I just want to give a bit, a, a bit of a bit of disclaimer here. Right. We're, we're not saying that if your husband or your wife is walking around the house, kicking doors down and breaking walls down because they're angry that that's OK. You know, allow them to have their own human experience and wreck your house. Um, there's <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's clearly boundaries here. There's things that are not OK and there's ways that we need to learn to deal with our emotion, right? We need to understand our own emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the mind comes in, a lot of these mind practices, which we're going to talk about before the end, the end of this episode. But what we really want to say is, you know, if you're in an environment where things are being broken, where things are being thrown around, you need to step out of that environment. Right. Uh, what we're saying is... You know, when, when your husband comes home and this happens in our house where Kate will come to me and she's like, you doing okay? I'm like, no, I'm just frustrated. And then Kate will spend her whole day sometimes, you know, back when, mm-hmm. where she would just try to do everything to make me happy. At the end of the day, when I was still frustrated, she would take that personally, right? Which is what we talked about. So we want to allow people in our own homes to have their own emotional experience as long as it's not harming themselves or anybody else.
1: Right. And setting those healthy boundaries is so important. If I walk up to Eric and I tell him, how are you feeling? And he starts swearing at me. It's okay for me to tell him, hey, I get that you're not feeling good, but right now, I'm going to leave the house or I'm going to leave this room until you're ready to speak to me in a kinder way. And that's okay to set those healthy boundaries. Like Eric said, just because somebody's feeling something in your house does not mean they're allowed to, you know, hurt you or put you down, but definitely setting those healthy boundaries is very important.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So the fourth thing we want to touch on here is that the way that we perceive things is not always fact, right? our mind has a way to really trick us here. And I think a lot of times we move through the world thinking that our thoughts are objective truth. Um, and while they might be our, you know, quote unquote, little truth, um, they're not necessarily the truth. Um, so, you know, the way that I see it is when you talk about something that's an objective fact, you know, it's, a, it's when you see somebody who's wearing a red shirt, I think you can both agree that shirt is red, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's kind of a base fact. So I would say that's an objective observation. But when you talk about something like, you know, if I came to you, Kate, and I said, you know, you don't love me anymore, and you responded by saying, yes, I do still love you, both those could be our individual truths, Mm -hmm. right? I could feel like you don't love me, and this is the way that I'm expressing it. Maybe it's not the healthiest way to express it, but my perception of my reality is that. And then your perception of that same reality that we're experiencing together is you do love me. And maybe you're doing things that I'm not noticing. Maybe you're loving me from a distance. Maybe you're allowing, giving me space and creating a boundary. There's all kinds of ways that you're loving me. So two completely you know, opposite statements that are both, in this case, are individual truths. So really what we need to understand is that how this plays out in relationships is that our perceptions of an event is not the whole truth. And the reason that this is so important is because we often make up these stories in our head that prevent us from connecting with our spouse that prevent us from seeing our spouse on the same team as us right we play a lot of these games like who's wrong find the bad guy and all that other baloney so we really want to start to open our mind and be curious to things outside of our own opinions of reality Mm -hmm. do you have anything else you want to add on this Kate
1: No, I think you really uh, hit the nail on the head when it comes to that, but this really brings us to our wrap up. Why don't we just give our listeners kind of some things they can start doing today in order to help them, um, with their, the mind aspect of the relationship.
0: Yeah. So the first, uh, the first part is that idea of fear versus love. So one of the easy things you can do is you can ask yourself different questions. You know, if I was acting from a place of love, from courage in this moment, what would I do? Or even ask yourself deeply, you know, when you think about actions you've taken recently or that you're about to take, go deeper than just your reasoning for taking this action and start to think internally, am I taking this action from a place of fear, right? Do I need somebody to accept me here? Am I trying to avoid conflict? Where is this action, this foundation coming from, from a place of love or from a place of fear? So this is all about creating awareness and asking yourself questions. So really dial into that when you can. Uh, the other the other aspect is the negative self-talk, right? And I think this is just about reversing what you're currently doing. And for us, it's all about gratitude practices. Um, there is no stronger way to change the way you think about yourself than to start expressing gratitude about yourself in very specific ways, right? Mm -hmm,
1: Exactly. And, and I love how you say that, um, when you're sitting in a moment and you're seeing your spouse in a really negative light, stop, breathe, really take a moment and, and, you know, say three positive things about them in your head, because it's really easy to really hate on somebody in a moment when they're making you really angry. But if you have that gratitude practice, um, it'll be really easy for you to tune into that. And why do I love this man? Why is it that I have him in my life? And and then that kind of dissipates your anger towards them. And that kind of brings me on to the next point, breathing and slowing down. Um, That's a great way to get in tuned with your emotions. So we did talk about how the emotions um, can really affect your relationship. So by breathing and slowing down, and really connecting with your center and saying, how am I feeling right now? Notice what is going on for you. If you have to stop, take a moment, really like live that emotion right out. If you feel like you have to cry, cry it out. If you feel like you have to yell, go yell in a pillow, go yell somewhere. If you feel like something needs to come out, let it out, and then name it, pinpoint it. Say, what is it that I'm feeling? What is this emotion? Where did it come from? Why do I feel this way? And then understand without judgment that this is a completely normal human experience you're living and it's going to pass. Let it pass. Take the time to let it pass and then move on with your day. So stopping and breathing is definitely important when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. And then when it comes to uh, the way that you can perceive your situation differently um, is really about getting curious, right? Start connecting with your spouse, asking them about their life and what's going on. Um, and really start to see other perspectives. Um, I think also surrounding yourself uh, by other healthy people in your life who can ask you these different questions is imperative, right? Before bringing something to your spouse, ask a third party, ask somebody, you know, that you can confide in and say, Hey, this is kind of some of my thoughts here. What do you think?
1: Yeah. And sometimes even for me, like I'll go up in my bedroom and I'll journal it, I'll just, you know, I call them like my B notes. I just write, 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 write and I have this session with myself and I'll just journal it out. And then as I'm journaling, I kinda realize like that wasn't so bad. I, yeah. I can I can calm down, I can go talk about this more calmly now.
0: Yeah. And so what's so important here and really at the foundation is we really want to create a space in your relationship where you can see your partner in this positive light, right? Mm -hmm. They're this other human being who has their own emotional experience to them. Everything they're doing makes total sense to them in the moment, just like for you. Everything you're doing makes total sense to you. And all we're about is creating more awareness so we can create more space to connect to each other.
1: So, yeah. So that ends our episode three about the mind.
0: Um, If you guys have any questions about this episode, shoot us in line and email at info at evolvemarriage.com. And please share this episode with somebody who you think can benefit from it, right? We're just trying to get the word out. We're trying to support as many couples as we can Mm -hmm. uh, long-term to really bring that divorce rate down. That's the vision for Kate and I, bring the divorce rate down in the world. Uh, If you guys want to continue this conversation actively, feel free to join our Facebook community. We're on Facebook. We have an Evolve Marriage private community for hungry couples that are really willing to learn and grow their intimacy uh and we're also on youtube so check us out on there if you guys want to listen to videos and tidbits about how we go deeper you want to see what we look like uh see how crazy we are uh, (laughs) on there but uh, feel free to jump on on that as well so thanks for being here guys and we will chat next episode
1: thanks guys